You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Dave Thong! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, Sal is here. Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time, same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for The Rundown. Welcome, everybody, to The Rundown Wrestling Podcast. As you can tell, I am sliding into the host chair, and you can slide into my DMs anytime you want. My name is Jason. Troy is still on assignment. Adam is, Lord knows what that guy's doing at this point. But I am not here solo. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the very individual on the Rundown Wrestling Network that we call Mr. WrestleMania. Sal is in the house. What's up, buddy? What the fuck is up, Jason? It is the best time of the year in wrestling, or at least it's supposed to be. Usually it is. Usually it is, but it still is that time, whether it's the best or not. We'll kind of get to that. How you been, buddy? Oh, well, uh, to pull the curtain back, uh, for those we're actually recording a little bit later, Sal was not the culprit this time, however. It was me this time. Uh, full disclosure, I'm getting my taxes done tomorrow and, you know, white people problems. My cleaning lady is coming in the morning. So I wanted to make sure I pulled everything aside and had everything set to go so that I didn't have to, like, you know, while she's trying to clean upstairs, run around to, you know, try to find stuff. Um, except the last time she was here, I took all the stuff off my counter and moved it and I had no fucking clue where I moved it to. Yep. So I was destroying my house all over my fucking kitchen, ripping out every drawer and ripped apart my closet where I found my W2s. So just mine. That was it. Nothing else. And I knew I had a stack of forms. Uh, so it took me about 20 minutes to realize, oh, I, I think I might have thrown them in a binder, but I've got like three binders. I've got a baseball one. I've got a baseball board one. I've got my wrestling one. So I'm going through. Then I was like, wait, I have one in the car. And I ran out to the car and sure as shit, of course, they were in the one in the car. Of course. So thank God nobody broke into my car because we got all my tax documents. But in any event, found it, ready to go, and uh, discuss wrestling because, Sal, I don't know if you know this, but uh, baseball season is upon us. It is. Which means I'm ghosting this bitch probably for like four months. No, I'll try, like, say, like as usual, I'll try beer as often as I can. But um, we actually had uh, first outdoor practice of the season this past weekend when it was cold as shit. Um, actually, sort of forcing those kids to practice in March. Uh, it's not. No, no, no. This was not my <laughs> team. This was AAU. Um, so, but uh, they did a little scrimmage with another one of the other teams from the same program. Um, and Jackson's first at bat, he hit a home run. I'm like, hell of a way to start the season, pal. Fuck there you yeah. go. That's what's yeah. up. 
exactly. So uh, we had to sort of, he had developed some bad habits, so we sort of had to rebuild his swing a little bit, tweak some stuff, but starting to pay attention. So it's one of those things when you're teaching kids, it's like if they see instant results, they'll start listening more. Mm-hmm. But if it's like the first two times they don't, fucking crush the ball then they're like oh this isn't working they fall like, back gotta... into their old habits yeah. exactly so it was good to see that positive result right off the bat so now he's more open to working on stuff and practicing and good. changing the things we're trying to change so yeah so good stuff and then uh, we're getting ready to start our town ball i was fortunate to draft a very good team this year so we'll be practicing next week with them and just we got a Jackson's AAU team has their first tournament of the year, so they start playing for real this weekend. And fortunately, we drew the 8 a.m. game on Saturday morning. Uh. Co- Coach would like us there at 7 p.m. 7 a.m. Sorry to warm up, which means we'll be leaving the house probably about 6:15 on Saturday morning. Lovely. So it's the it's the uh, the hardest time of the year scheduling wise for me. So. That's where we're at. How about you? How's things going over in your world? Oh, you know, some things are good, and some things it's like I made a bad joke, and life walked up to me and fucking slapped me across the face. With its dick? (laughs) If only. Well, Honda kind of did that today, uh, because I had to take my car to the dealership. and uh, Honda did? Yeah. So I had to take my car to the dealership. And because the check engine light's been on, and I know that there's something going on, so my car is eight years old. I've only had it for four. It was a 2014 car. I bought it in 2018, right? Okay. And they're like, "Oh, so we did all the um, diagnostics and everything like that, and it uh, looks like your catalytic converter in the rear is gone." I've uh, heard this story that people have been stealing those things off of cars. Well, no, I don't mean like that. It was it was just dead. Oh, it just <laughs> fell off. Okay. Um, I, so, but that is a thing that I heard. Somebody told me about that. That that's like a thing now. People are going around stealing those off of cars. Well, that's fucked up. But, but I don't know why. What the uh, when the it was all that? said and done, plus a couple other things that they uh, highly recommended, uh, f- almost sixteen hundred dollars. Jesus. That I had to pay before I got my car back. Ugh. This was on top of um, uh, some repairs we had done to my wife's car a couple of months ago. So now I'm getting hit with the uh, the car bug like you and uh, they, Troy they, had. Uh, they, uh, they repair that brake line that you cut? Is that what happened? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, pockets are a little bit lighter, but, but I do have good news for our loyal oh. listeners. Um, I was extended an offer by the Commonwealth themselves, and uh, I will be starting my start date is April 25th. There you go. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Once I actually get in there and start making money, it will be a lot better on me, but, you know, I'll deal. So how long do you think it will take them to realize you have no clue what you're doing before they... Oh, probably a couple years. Okay. This is is the government talking about. Fair, fair, fair. Um... We talk about the pockets being a little lighter, so we're not on Twitch tonight, so nobody can tell. But this will probably be the last episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast for this set of glasses on my face. Oh. Uh, my wife and I, after, like, I think we were, God, what was it, at least four years removed from our last eye exams. Oh. Um, well, you know, the fucking pandemic happened, and we were already late, so. Um, but 
So we went this week, and, and prior to going in, and my wife says this conversation never happened, but it absolutely did. Uh, we were talking about how, oh, last time we got our prescriptions, and we took them, and we just got our glasses on Zenny, and it was so much cheaper, and blah, blah, blah. Which, to me, clearly implies, hey, that worked great. We should do that again. Right. You know, clearly we've rocked these glasses for four years, and they're still working. So um, so we went into the eye, but we had... We had the appointments back to back, so it was mine then hers, and I ended up letting her go in first. So she goes in first, and while she's in there, they move me into the the other exam room to wait for the doctor. So somewhere between when my exam, when her exam ended and mine ended, she apparently, my wife, who is by the way, and I love her to death, but she's one of the worst impulse shoppers on the face of the earth. Like she will, by her own admission, she'll go into Walgreens to pick up a prescription, and she'll end up spending 120 bucks. Just, oh, I, we, I saw this, and it was on sale, and this was a great deal, and that's just her. So that's why I try to do all the shopping myself to avoid that situation. Same. But um, so I come out of the exam room, and I see her sitting at the table, and she's like, well, which one of these pairs of glasses do you like? Now, if you've ever bought glasses at the optometrist shop, my butthole instantly puckered up. Mm-hmm. Um, so she then goes... She, we picked the one she likes because I didn't want to sound like an asshole in front of the people that work there and stuff. So she picks the one she likes and she puts them and she said, like, all right. And I'm looking for, I'm well, why don't you just go look for a pair for yourself? And I'm like, okay. So I'm looking around knowing full well I'm not going to actually buy anything from this place. Mm-hmm. And then I hear them go, okay, that will be $560. And I'm just like, motherfucker. See, you're, so? you're you're too much of a good person because my I'm I'm a shithead. So fucking, <laughs> I I wouldn't have made a scene, but I would have been like, no, I'm not ready to get glasses right mm. now. Maybe I oh, gotta well, think about it. Like, well, that's coming up. Uh, so I look over and she's handing them our debit card, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that because that's all of our actual money. I said, give them the credit card, because that's the one we can pay back in installments. Exactly. Um, so we got our glasses, all that stuff, and then they're like, oh, well, did you find one a pair you like? And I did find one pair I liked. And I was like, well, you know, I want to look around a little bit, and you guys are getting ready to close, so I'll just grab my prescription, and I'll come back another time. So then we went to Walmart, and I picked out my own pair, which was like 300 bucks. So... And that's only because I have a super high prescription because I'm fucking almost blind. So, um, you know, but uh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, mind you, <laughs> because when you have to think anytime anything costs, you're always hoping it's going to be less than what you expect it to be, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes it's a little more and you're like, all right. And then sometimes it's. It's not astronomically more, but it's just enough more to be like, oh, that was a fucking kick in the dick. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw Zenny is now has the official David Ortiz line, and I'm like, fuck, I should have just gone from there. Oh, yeah. I could have been like Big Poppy. Instead, I got the uh, the P. Diddy glasses. Oh, uh-huh, okay. Uh, the Sean John ones. There you go. You never wanted to do LASIK or anything like that? I think I'm not a candidate for LASIK. Oh, okay. So. If I could, I might. Um, I don't like to wear lenses either. I just don't like fucking with my eyes. I don't know. I've had lenses before. I didn't love them, so, you know. 
I'm sure this is a fucking enthralling conversation for people listening, but this has uh, been the yeah. glasses podcast. I actually yeah. need I, I need to go to the eye doctor uh, soon. And uh, it, it, everybody around me, like my kids, my wife can tell because I'll like squint, especially yeah. like at certain things. And they're like, "Are you? Are you? Did you make an appointment with the eye doctor?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, I will. I totally will." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, as mundane as this conversation might have seemed to you, it was thrillingly more entertaining than the build to WrestleMania. But more on that in just a little bit, because we are going to take you all the way through our WrestleMania predictions, as well as the NXT Stand and Deliver predictions. I'm uh, sorry, which... the NXT what? Stand and Deliver! There it is. Uh, which we'll go over uh, shortly. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch that live. I don't know, I have to figure out some time to watch it. Like I said, we got a baseball tournament this weekend. So depending on how good we do and how many games we end up playing, I don't know what I'm going to do about watching all this shit. Just put an uh, AirPod in your ear, in your left ear. Right? <laughs> which reminds me, was this this is like the one-year anniversary of Peacock, right? Wasn't it around WrestleMania last year that they debuted on Peacock? Yeah, it was like right after Mania. Okay, so a fucking year later, we still haven't figured out how to do the start from the beginning and, you know, l- rewind live and all that shit that they used to do on the WWE Network. Really, we, didn't, we still can't figure that out a year later? Nope. It's fucking annoying as shit. The it whole really is. fucking Peacock experience is annoying. If I wasn't getting every pay-per-view for five bucks a month, I would seriously consider not fucking doing this at all. It's that bad. Yeah, pretty much. There was a pay-per-view a couple months ago where everyone in the country had to, like, disconnect from Peacock and then re-sign in <laughs> to get the fucking shit to stop being shitty. Like, yeah. god damn, get your shit together, people. That's true. All right, before we get to the wrestling goings-on this week, there was a major, major story in the world of professional wrestling that I do want to touch on because in a very uh, sort of somber interview with Stephen A. Smith on Stephen A.'s World, uh, Triple H made his first public appearance since his health issues. Um, I don't know, did you catch the interview in full, Sal? I didn't. I read some excerpts, but I didn't catch the actual okay. interview. Um, so basically he went through the whole process and it started with some shortness of breath and stuff and he ended up getting checked out and they found out what it was. And essentially it was like his heart function kept dropping and dropping and dropping to the point where they ended up having to fix it. Jesus. And if you listen to this interview, absolutely heartbreaking. He, he at one point got choked up when he talked about, you know, and then you, you're going under and you're just wondering to yourself, is this it? Is this the last time I've seen my kids? Is this? And he had to stop and he was getting choked up and it was just, it was hard to watch. Um, having, having been through those situations myself, obviously it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. So I can't even imagine um, for an athlete in prime condition, all of a sudden to have that happen just out of nowhere um but the the big wrestling related news to come out of this interview is uh he basically announced he's done wrestling he will never wrestle another match again uh the in-ring career of triple h is over um and unlike some other ones uh you know he made a point to mention he's got a defibrillator in his chest so um, there's not much window for him to say, you know, I'm going to come back. This isn't going to be Ric Flair coming back 17 times. Um, so I think we can safely chalk this up as the official end of the career of Triple H. 
And uh, with that in mind, Sal, how do you remember the career of Jean-Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H? Well, first, um, it sucks that it has to be like this. You know, mm-hmm. obviously your health and your family's got to come first. Oh, he did also say, just in case anyone was wondering, there were plans for him to wrestle at this WrestleMania. Him and Vince had worked on something. They didn't elaborate on what it was uh, before all this started. So I don't know if this was to be his great farewell or, or, or not, but he was supposed to be wrestling this this upcoming weekend. It's possible. Um, I feel really bad because um, this wasn't, a neck injury this wasn't like a bump that he took this wasn't Mm -hmm. you know when it like you said when you have a defibrillator that's pretty uh finite so Mm -hmm. first i I, you know i think we kind of all knew that given all the rumors we had heard for a year about Mm -hmm. his you know heart a cardiac event and Mm -hmm. we knew he wasn't doing well so it doesn't right. really surprise me that he announced his, his in-ring retirement. Um, when I think of his career, to me, I'll I'll really remember it when he broke through in 2000. Okay. Uh, when he started, uh, when he had that series of matches with, with uh, Cactus Jack, and, uh, you know, he was doing the McMahon-Helmsley regime. And then mm-hmm. from that point until he tore his quad, I thought he was... Uh, Top of the game. Top mm-hmm. of the fucking industry. Um, and then even when he came back, I thought it was cool. But then it was always, like, a little bit too much with Triple H. Okay. Um, you know, it, later years, it would have to be, I, I have to have the longest match in the card. I have to go 28 minutes with Seth. I have to go 32 with, with Taker. Like, all right, buddy, enough. <laughs> <laughs> so couple things that come to mind first off i almost feel like triple h is a victim of his era he sort of came to prominence at the very end of sort of the Shawn michaels bret hart era and then he went smack dab into the stone cold rock era so he was never really the top top guy in his era because he was surrounded by you know some of the all-time best to ever do it um that said i think all of those guys that I mentioned were elevated because of their work with him. I think he did such a good job. He was such a good job of being a shithead that he made everyone else look better. Um, obviously, I think of that Shawn Michaels return at SummerSlam where Triple H turned on him and attacked him with the sledgehammer and how real and raw that felt, even though you knew it wasn't. But they the 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 tangible hatred that they were able to summon for each other to make that story work um, was awesome to me. Um, His obviously personal rivalry with Mick Foley might be his greatest rival. I mean, people will talk to the rock and and you can certainly make that case. But to me, Mick Foley and triple H had probably triple H's greatest rivalry. I don't know how you feel about that. A hundred percent. I agree. Um, and of course, we know what he went on to do later as part of NXT and sort of bringing. Think of, I would say what you want about the man, but you cannot deny the opportunities he provided to guys to really make a worldwide name for themselves with that platform. Um, he did a fantastic job there. Um, 
there really is so much you can say. And I, and the one thing to me that will always stick out about Triple H is he is the reason for the absolute loudest crowd reaction I have ever heard in my life when he returned from his torn quad at Madison Square Garden. Uh, JR has said it before, and I'll, I'll agree, watching on TV, was, I have never heard a crowd go absolutely apeshit when his music hit. And then find another gear when he walked out on the stage. If you go back and watch that, you can hear how crazy they are. And then it just goes even higher yeah. when he walks out. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in terms of crowd reactions. Um, so absolutely, you know, I, I'm glad that he's putting his health first. Uh, you know, like he's got three daughters. Um, <sighs> it sucks when anyone doesn't get to go out on their own terms. Most people don't. Most athletes don't. And that's an unfortunate reality of sports and athletics. Um, but at the end of the day, you look back and did your contributions outweigh what the game gave you, what the sport gave you, what your industry gave you? And I think absolutely, in his case, you'd have to say it did. Um, so, you know, we, uh, we wish nothing but the best of health for Triple H. And uh, thank you for years of entertainment. Sure. You know, one other thing too, because um, I I even take the the years that he was running NXT and what he did with that completely separate from his from his in ring because that that's a whole nother level that we didn't know he was capable of, and mm -hmm. what he did for that brand it's unmatched. It really was, mm -hmm. um, especially in what 2014 when at this point it wasn't like it was like the 80s. You know what I mean? He took something that was stale. And he like he reinvented the product in that NXT presentation. <laughs> and I think, in a weird way, he went a long way towards turning people against Vince McMahon too, <laughs> because that that's when the narrative started of I can't wait till Vince is gone and Triple H is running the WWE. That's right. Um, but one thing about his work in the ring, and it's very underrated, and you you kind of alluded to it the the work he did for other people. Mm -hmm. What he did for Foley, what he did for The Rock, for Austin, for Cena, mm -hmm. he put them over like a million bucks. Randy Orton, Batista, huh? like people forget, like Triple H, you could argue if he liked you, sure, but it doesn't matter. The The work he did to put those guys over, it's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No doubt. And uh, the industry will miss his presence in ring, I'm sure. Also, talk about a showman. This was a guy, you look at some of those WrestleMania entrances, and yeah, people will say, oh, yeah, the boss's son-in-law, you get the big entrance. But but those were his creative babies. Those were his ideas of how to do it. And and you saw that later with the big entrances in NXT for, for takeovers. Like, he just has a, an amazing mind for the business. Um, and that, you know, he spent a long time at the – learning at the feet of guys like Shawn Michaels, guys like Scott Hall, uh, RIP Scott Hall, um, as some of the, who were some of the greatest minds in the history of the business. And of course his relationship and friendship with Ric Flair has, you know, been talked about a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like, there are people that want to crap on everything in this business. Right. And there are certainly things Triple H has done, things about, what he, how he carried himself that you can take issue with. And I can't argue with any of those. They're all well documented. We all know them. But at the end of the day, like I said, did you, did you leave more than you took? 
Right. And I think at the end of the day with Triple H, you'd have to say he did. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So he will be missed, even as an uh, not even just in the ring as an on-screen presence. He will be missed because obviously yeah. it doesn't sound like he can do that either at this point. So absolutely. And by the way, uh, I'm not going to dignify it by reading what he said, but Ryback continuing to remind us all that he's a complete fucking piece of shit with uh, his tweet regarding Triple H the day Triple H announced his retirement. So um, less said about that guy the better, but it's out there, so did want to touch on it. Okay. Uh, did you guys cover Scott Hall last week? I believe you did, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I didn't get my chance to t- talk on Scott Hall. Um, so that one that one hit a little different. You know, as you get older, these things start to feel different. It's one thing when you're a young kid and it's like, oh, I, you know, I didn't see that guy perform. I didn't see, like, yeah, I know he's a big name, but it's not, you know, whatever. Um Scott Hall is a guy I watched in his prime. You know, I mean, I, I think you guys touched on it last. But he was, he was really the birth of the cool baby, the cool heel mm-hmm. that has sort of bastardized wrestling over the years. But he was the first one to really do it and do it well. And straight from like the Razor Ramon vignettes, and you know, and this is sort of where the business has has differed. Like, think back. To those, you see Scott Hall in AWA, and then he pops up on WWE, and he's Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you'd be like, "What the fuck did you do to this guy?" We freak out when they change person's name. Okay, right. we took this guy and we made him a fucking Latin drug dealer. He was fucking Tony Montana, but it made the rest of his career. He continued that persona, even as Scott Hall in the NWO. He still had most of the Razor personas and, and the things that made Razor Razor. Um, if that happened, if that character came about in this day and age, I don't know that it ever becomes as popular as it did. Right. Um, but at the time, I mean, Vince had his fucking finger on it, man. He found a way <laughs> to make these things work. And Scott Hall did great work to make it work, too. Right. I, I'll give Vince a lot of credit for the pre- presentation. Those vignettes were amazing. Um, the way he hyped them up when his debut was perfect. I will say that the creativity was all Scott Hall. He, he has uh, long stayed that the whole Razor character was pretty much his idea. Okay, so remind me, the, tell me the only successful wrestler to not tell us that everything was there right well, Okay, yes, that's true. Um, but now, you've, you've covered Vince long enough to know. How much do you think he did that himself? How much of that do you think was actually Vince's idea? It, I think it was a, a cooperative effort. I right. Think, I, think I think Scott I think, Hall had some ideas, and Vince was the one that right. made it come to life. Right. Um Obviously, Scott had his demons. There's right. no that, that's well documented. There's no dancing around that. Um, but at the end of the day, like we talked about with Triple H, I think he's going to be remembered far more positively in the business than than for those negative things. And uh, you know, it sucks. And I didn't get a chance to to speak on it last week, so I just wanted to really quick. Uh, give my R.I.P. to Scott Hall and thank you for years and years of memory and entertainment, and you will be missed. So, absolutely. Now, sort of to segue into what I wanted to talk about first, I guess starting with you know Triple H and Scott Hall is a good way to segue into this because those guys were holders at one point of the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. 
Now, as we prepare for WrestleMania season, I think back, and I'm sure you as, as the WrestleMania guy on our network here on our show, um, you remember back to some of the just absolutely fantastic intercontinental title matches in the history of WrestleMania. Sure. I mean, you talk about uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, obviously, in the latter match. You can talk about uh, Roddy Piper and Bret Hart, a match we covered for WrestleMania Salvation from WrestleMania 8. Mm-hmm. Um, just the list goes on and on of great intercontinental championship matches we've seen at WrestleManias. This year, not only is the Intercontinental Champion not on the WrestleMania card, but the Intercontinental Champion lost three times in two shows this week. He did. So please, please, for the love of God, and our United States Champion is in the gimmick battle royal. Again, not on the main card. He's going to be on SmackDown. He also got pinned like twice in the past three weeks by Damien Priest and... uh... Uh, Austin Theory. So. <laughs> so please, for the love of God, don't ever try to tell me that those titles mean anything anymore. You know what I don't, you know what I don't get? And this is what fucking pisses me off. Um, not So the worst thing about this is this isn't Finn Balor and Ricochet. Oh, they're stale. They've been champs for like six months. Nobody cares. They just won the fucking belts. Yep. They both just became champion. How do you not highlight that and put a spotlight on it and be like, our new Intercontinental Champion, Ricochet? Like, You have two nights of WrestleMania, (laughs) and you can't find a spot on the card for your second, for both, both of your secondary titles. This entire week of wrestling that we're we're about to talk about and, and tie into WrestleMania. And and not it's not just reserved to the WWE. I'm including AW with this. This entire week made me go, huh? I just it was a lot of stuff just seemed backwards and it didn't make any fucking sense. And then I start to think it's me, it's my fault. I'm out of touch. But then they show me how they do Roman and Brock, and I'm like, oh, so you do know how to do stuff right? Right. You just don't want to. <laughs> right. Um and. Over and above all of that, like I just said, you get two nights of WrestleMania, but on top of having two nights of WrestleMania, both of your world titles are in the same match. So you've consolidated what would be normally two matches on this show down to one, and you still can't find a spot for these these two titles. The women's tag titles have a spot at WrestleMania. And especially this year, think of the tradition of Scott Hall and WrestleMania and the Intercontinental title, why are we not having a ladder match at WrestleMania? See, that's what I don't understand. Because we both remember the amazing, like you said, IC title fights, Brett and Piper, Razor and Sean. There were tons more, right? But a few years ago, they tried to bring prestige back to the Intercontinental title. Remember at WrestleMania, um, it was 2015, they had that ladder match, the one that Daniel Bryan won. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting. And you didn't know who it was about four or five people walked in there you, that could leave with the belt. Yeah. And it felt like they were starting to, to bring it back slowly, back from the dead. Miz and Dolph Ziggler had a great feud in 2016 yeah. for that belt. 
Pretty much every time Brock Lesnar walked away with the main title, they made, they elevated the Intercontinental title to be the biggest deal on the show. Seth held, Seth had a big wrong run with Seth that had title. A big run with it, yep. And now, I I don't get it. We're just like all that work that we put in in like the you know 2014 through 2017. We're just like eh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I was I was excited when they put the title on Ricochet because I was like, all right, great. I don't want to see you know Johnny Knoxville fighting for the Intercontinental title. That mm-hmm. sort of spits on it. But at least at this point, the title would have been on the line. Like I thought, I thought you'd take that off of him. Now you spin Ricochet off into something else for Mania. And they, but no, nothing. Just no title match at Mania. I got why they changed it because they didn't want Johnny Knoxville going for it. Right, it makes but sense. Then don't, but then fucking. I don't know, vacated or something, <laughs> or do a gimmick where where Ricochet gets injured, or like kayfabe injured. Wait, so if you want to put the title on vacant, you would mean they would be facing Seth for it at WrestleMania. That's a good point. Um, you know, lie to me. Tell me Ricochet got hurt. Don't fucking have him get pinned like six times before Mania, and then oh, he's going to be on Friday night defending in a triple threat match that we all know he's going to win against the tag team. <sighs> against the tag team, yes. Uh, I guess it's turnabout's fair play though, because think of all those times those tag titles have been won by singles guys. Now the singles title will be won by a tag team guy if they decide to pull the trigger. So there you go. There you go. All right, so we're going to talk a lot about stuff going on in WWE as we do our predictions for WrestleMania, as we do our predictions for NXT. But before we get into any of that, that was not the only wrestling that occurred this week. There was two editions of AEW programming. Uh, not that you would know it by the Rampage ratings, as they continue to be very unimpressive, fair word. But uh, in any event, we'll talk about maybe how they're booking that and if that has something to do with it. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about Dynamite, Sal. And I will say this, and I have been harshly critical of both guys But to open off the show, CM Punk and Dax Harwood had an absolute barn burner of a match. That was fantastic. These guys worked their asses off. Yeah. A little bit surprising, because I know know Dax can wrestle. I know he can put on a a decent tag match, especially depending on who's standing across the ring from him. Um, But yeah, he had like a fucking 20-minute back-and-forth... Uh, match of the night, really, with Punk. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Not bad. That's weird, because you'll see that in AEW, and there'll be absolute zero follow-up with that person, because I've seen really good matches on AEW before, right. and then it just leads to nothing. All right. And see, the thing is, like, this is what I thought AEW was going to be. This was Agreed. what was presented to us, that this was what we were going to get. This kind of match every single week. Um, we'll talk about what happened immediately after it in a moment and how we just ran completely off the rails after that. Um, but see, this is what I would like to see more of AEW. This type of just go out there. You don't have to cut your fucking head with a razor blade for every match. You don't need seven fucking people in your corner. You can just take two really skilled wrestlers and let them go out there and tell an athletic story. And that's what these two did. And look, at I've been, like I said, I've been super critical of both guys for various reasons, but when, and I've said it from the beginning, when a guy can go, we can fucking go, and these two guys can go, and it's, it was a, it was fun to watch. I really got into it. So a guy we're going to maybe talk about a little later, uh, Cody Rhodes, right? He had made a comment a long time ago that said, AW 
is something for everyone. It's like a smorgasbord, right? And that's their problem, though, because instead of just doing, like you said, this, no, we got to have comedy. Quick, go into the next segment, have comedy. Quick, quick, we got to have blading. Go into the next section. We got to have blood. Oh, they'll get mad of us. Mad at us. We don't have women on the card. Send fucking Tay Conti out there to shake her ass. Like they try, to, they try to do too much, and then they lose sight of what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And it's no, annoying. <laughs> really, don't disagree. Annoying. But if you were excited about the tremendous professional wrestling you saw, make no mistake, they shit all over that just a moment later. With the Jericho Appreciation Society. How oh, do you go? That. <laughs> how do you go from this to that? That's not what I thought you were going to bring up. I thought I you were going to talk about the next match. Oh, well, uh-huh. I think the less we talk about that match, the better. True. Um, but, yeah, it's... <laughs> Jericho, and, and I wasn't here last week to talk about this, but... I'm of two schools of thought on this Jericho Appreciation Society. First off, I appreciate the fact that now for the second time in a row, Jericho is saying, give me these these new guys in the company and let me help them get established. Let me help them get over with my name by, by affiliating with me. Because that's what he's doing, and I do appreciate that fact. Um, in the same way Farouk did that for The Rock and D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. and The problem is... It's just doing the same thing again with different guys. There's nothing different about it. It's not new or fresh or original. It's just fucking Inner Circle 2.0. Right. With with your formula. You've got Jake Hager. You've got your muscle. You've got your tag team. And then you've got your young, you know, technical wrestler who you who everybody wants to see brought up. Like what they did with Sammy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's the exact same formula. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> it's like it's like when one when one guy leaves a boy band and they bring in another guy that's the same oh he's another bad boy we're gonna replace the bad boy in the group like that's all this shit is it's like the boy bands of professional wrestling for years that's what they did with the horsemen too that's that's where the dangerous alliance came from they were like we'll have rick rude play the role of rick flair we'll have uh arn and zabisco be like arn and tully like they just replicate it because there was success there before I would say, so, the Dangerous Alliance always had five members. Well, yeah, so no, that was the gimmick, was to bring in the new... I would say they skewed Austin, away from so. the Four Horsemen a little bit, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely can see the comparison, and I think Evolution was another one of those. Evolution and, was another one, sure. Uh, and, and certainly when something like that works, you try to build off of it and make your own mark with it, but... This is the same guy two weeks after the old group broke up, creating the exact same thing. Like when the horsemen would, you know, quote unquote, die for a while, they would go away for a while. Ric Flair would go solo for a little bit and then they would fuck up and bring in Paul Roma. But the, the reality is they did a little break. They didn't just like reform the horsemen two weeks later. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then that's the thing, though. They, they, you know, in this little backstage, they promised that um, Ortiz and Santana were never coming back, which means they're coming back in like a week or two. So I don't what. So that's going to be the match. It's going to be Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and Danny Garcia, or Santana and Ortiz have to get through 2.0 to get to 
Garcia and Jericho because they were the ones that were in the tag team match on Dynamite. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if we've learned anything from the inner circle, it's that the actual tag team is not the focus, not the tag team focus of the group. Exactly. Because <laughs> Jericho got more between Hager and Guevara. Jericho got more tag team title shots than Proud and Powerful did yep. during that run. 100%. So, you know. All right, so you had an issue with the match that followed that, as I understand it. So I will let you take the floor on this one and have at it, Seth. So, like you said, we have a really good technical match back and forth with Punk and FTR. I'm sorry, with Dax specifically. Um, that match kind of built in from the the bell to the bell to bell. It built. It built during the the match until we finally got to the end. So then the second match of the night is an eight-man fuckfest with 62-year-old Sting, Darby, the Hardy Boys, against the two shitty tag teams that are heels that are left over from uh, the Hardy family office. Now it's the Andrade family office. And what the fuck? <laughs> the whole fucking match... It's like the camera doesn't. Wait, 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 wait. The, the what? The whole match. No, no, the, it used to be Matt Hardy. Now it's what? Uh, the two fucking team. Oh, the Andrade family office. Is that what that stands for? <laughs> I thought it stood for assholes fully open. Either way. <laughs> okay. Um, it just turns into this whole fucking fight through the crowd. Too many camera angle bullshit. So just so Jeff Hardy can climb up a ladder and, and on the concourse, get on the fucking windowsill and jump off with a swanton. Okay, but it did give us the best AEW botch probably of all time. Sting trying to take the gin and juice? Yep. <laughs> and proceeding to fall down and try to get up seven times unsuccessfully. I was going to say, when he fucked up how he landed off the gin and juice was one thing, but the aftermath was worse. Yes. And then I go to Twitter, and because he did a dive off the top rope to the floor, I'm like, oh my god, Sting is 62. And it's like, yeah, he is, as you saw at the end. After watching that match, I was like, why? Why do I fucking watch this shit? So. To get to a little bit bigger picture, because I, I actually had this conversation with, with a friend of mine this weekend um, who is a very big AEW fan. As a part of my problem with AEW is that there's so much unnecessary stuff. Right. And, and my example of that, and we'll talk about her in a little bit, but Vicky adds nothing to Nyla Rose. Sting, to me, takes away from Darby Allen. I don't think Sting adds anything to Darby Allen. I think Sting legitimately takes away from Darby Allen because Darby Allen is no longer the focal point of that act. Yep. Sting is. Um, I don't think Tully really added anything to FTR. I don't think Arn really added anything to Cody. I feel like they have a lot of these pairings well. that are just there. <laughs> that are just there to be pairings. Like I don't think they actually serve any purpose. They like having managers. I thought Kenny Omega. I thought Don Callis added to the Kenny Omega gimmick. I really did. I, I thought I, Callis I did a nice job. That. I will agree with that. Um, so I do think there are some cases 
where the managers, I think Dan Lambert has done wonders for the people he's associated with in AEW, but I'm a Dan Lambert guy. I know we disagree on that, but. No, no, no. I, 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 I respect his promo ability. He's good. Okay. I think he's added to his characters. I think Jake the Snake added to Lance Archer. Um, at the beginning. I don't, I don't think Abrahentes adds to his, but I, but that's the thing. I think there are so many of those where, the the managers or the second or the crew is like sort of a net negative for getting that person over. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost as if they sign too many people and don't know what to do with them. <laughs> and they sign legends just to say they have legends. Of course, like yes, exactly. Now, the well, thing I is, think that's enough talking, and it's time for our main event. That's literally all you have for that guy. Um, every week, that's it. So. I, I know you weren't here last week, but I jokingly said, because me and Adam were talking about how there's not really many challengers for Thunder Rosa, right? And I said, oh, just just roll out Ty Conti. She's always good for a good title loss, right? Huh. And then I think Adam alluded to something like, well, uh, Thunder's a face. And I said, oh, then they'll just get Nyla Rose. I was kidding. Oh, I, that's who. That's exactly who I thought it was going to be. Honestly, I was kidding. We've already done that. Every time there's a new women's champion, we have to have Nyla Rose come after her. Yep. We did it with she. The hell, we even did it with Britain. They were both fucking heels. Yep. <sighs> I, look, this is nothing against Nyla, but the act is stale. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't do anything. I don't have any I, excitement for this type of feud. And if you watched Rampage and heard the promo Nyla cut, Vicky does not need to be there. Nyla can cut a good promo on her own. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, just more wasted energy. There's a, there's a lot of wasted energy in AEW. I've, I've noticed that a lot lately. Um, of course, we had our segment with MJF now responding to Wardlow's promo from last week. Uh, essentially doing what we all sort of expected, MJF saying, doesn't matter what you say, I still have a contract, and you work for me, and I'm just going to make you not be on TV. Fuck you. So, uh, to so, me, f- fairly cookie-cutter, you know, oh, AEW doesn't do wrestling tropes, but this is exactly what this is. This is a wrestling trope that we've seen time and 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 time, and time again. Um and, you know, they they played their part fine, but I was looking for maybe something different here, and I didn't see much originality in this. There were a couple things I really liked, and, of course, it goes back to the performer. Um, the base of the storyline, like you said, is very basic. We've, we've seen mm-hmm. this for decades. Um, you know, I own you, and you do what I say because I have this contract. God, that's like the entire Ted DiBiase character. And the worst, I think the worst <laughs> one of those was JBL and JBL Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Yeah. But we've seen it. We've seen it a million times. Well, what was the one with the big show where he cried? The authority. That was the authority. Show, right? Stephanie and Triple yeah. H were like, you have so much debt and we own your house. Yeah. My God. Yeah. You're going to punch Dusty Rose in the face. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we've seen it done to death and we've seen it done poorly in recent years. But I will give credit to the performer because MJF, I thought two things. Number one, I love that as a heel, he's not like letting go of this punk feud. He's like, there's going to be another time where we fight, and I don't care. I'm going to hold this grudge until I go to your funeral and piss on your grave. Yeah, that line was good. I like that. 
And I did like the fact that he he was calling Wardlow Piggy. I thought that was it was a little heelish thing to do, but I thought that worked. Um, but like you said, as far as uh, oh Wardlow, you're going to get paid to stay home. It, okay, so here's the problem. Wardlow's probably one of their hottest acts right now, right? Mm-hmm. If you legitimately keep him off TV, that could be dangerous because you're cooling him off for no reason. But also what could be really stupid is if you start doing these um, backstage segments where he's trying to get in the building because that's been done to death. <laughs> and I don't really want to see that. Uh, you know what's actually sort of funny here too is uh arn anderson did an interview where he said that one of AEW's biggest problems is talent just randomly disappearing from tv for an extended period of time so uh not even a problem that's that's unnoticed within their own locker room which right. is sort of funny um all right moving on from that what do you think uh, of the blackpool combat club <laughs> all right first off i like the name i like the name it's fine um, but Imagine having John Moxley and Daniel Bryan under contract, particularly Daniel Bryan, and going to Daniel Bryan and saying, got it, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to use this match to really put over that Julia is changed now. Yep. That's going to be the real focus of this match. Because we're going to cut to her sit with, in her fucking eye patch, sitting on the stairs, not paying attention to the match like seven times. Yeah. Borderline upskirts every time, too, by the way. Not done accidentally. No, I'm sure not. Yeah. So no, fuck this. Fuck this in general. And I like Regal, and I think Regal has a lot to offer. I just I, I can't get with the fact that these two are a fucking tag team because they literally creatively have nothing else to do with them. <laughs> I thought Moxley cut a good promo after the match. I liked that he said, you know, the only person I, the only person's opinion I ever cared about was this guy. But the whole time, I can't get over it, dude. And I know it's my fault because I'm a jaded wrestling fan. But I'm sitting there going, it's fucking Daniel Bryan. No, like, I just can't. He's in a fucking tag team. He didn't even say anything. I thought at least Mox was going to pass him the mic. At least he was entertaining in Team Hell No. Also, we're talking about this company that can't stop jerking themselves off about how great, how much they respect tag team wrestling and how great tag team wrestling is. And these guys get all the fucking time that prevents teams like Proud and Powerful from being on the fucking TV show. Well, that's the other problem, too. Because that, even if you have nothing for Danielson and, and Moxley... Your answer is a, another tag team? Don't you have enough of those? <laughs> Fuck, man. That's why, I, that's why I don't understand. There's things that happen in this company on their TV show on a weekly basis that I enjoy, and there's things that I just go, what the fuck? Who wrote this? But, but see, here's the problem, and this was another part of this conversation I was having this weekend. If these toxic fans online, and this is the, these are the voices that Tony Khan has chosen to listen to, the toxic online IWC wrestling fans. That's where he gets his cues from. If those are the people you're listening to, first off, that explains why your audience hasn't grown in three years. Because that's a niche part of the audience, okay? Yeah. But above that, 
when you listen to that group, they're wrong more often than they're right. That's true. And that creates a lot of problems. And he seems to spend all of his time trying to validate those people and their ideas. And these, by the way, are the same people who will shit all over WWE when they give a tag title shot to two singles guys. Yeah. And granted, RK-Bro are defending the tag titles at WrestleMania. But they're a hell of a tag team. Sure. Do I wish it was a regular tag team versus a regular tag team? Absolutely. But it's entertaining. These two are not entertaining together. I, no. I don't think they, they're not playing off each other like I thought they would. And this kind of goes back to, to Mar- the way Mox was with Kingston. Like, at least Kingston would have a back and forth with him. But still, it just didn't feel like like something was off. And, and that's you know what I mean? Thing. Ever since Moxley's lost the title, he's teamed with Kingston. He's been in like a six-man group with fucking Darby Allen and Sting. Yep. And now he's doing this. It's like, this is creatively the best you can do for this guy? I, I what? I mean, listen. It's it's not it's a, it's still better than the gas mask and the fur coat, but it ain't a whole fuck ton better. But I want the goddamn titty master. Let's go. Is it is it because they have so many people signed and they're just trying to get yes? They're just trying to get so many people in every yes. single segment. Yes, they're trying to get their big names front and center on every episode they possibly can in some way, shape, or form. I get it. I, I do. You're paying these people. You need to have them on your product. But if if you're having them in this way, it's just devaluing them. Mm-hmm. You know? 100%. 100%. Speaking of devaluing, you know what's getting devalued right now? This new little faction of Cole, with Cole and O'Reilly and uh, Bobby Fish, who are now stealing title belts. Oh, I, I sort of dig Mr. Steal Your Belt, Adam Cole. <laughs> I don't. You want to talk about played out wrestling tropes? I'm like, oh god, we're uh, stealing belts now, really? <laughs> eh, I, is it a played out trope? Yes, but I, I think Adam Cole does it well. So that's fine, I guess. I just again, I just rolled my eyes. Like, come on, and I enjoyed that match with him and Lethal. I thought that was fun. That's probably like the 19th time they've had that match, but. And Lethal lost again, just FYI. So what do you think? I don't remember if it was on Rampage or Dynamite, but Lethal was like in the back going, oh, something's got to change. You know, it's got to be a better way. I mean, other than him coming out as Black Machismo, is there? Which he did on Being the Elite this week. I saw. (laughs) I did watch the 300 episode of Being the Elite because I saw it was 300, and I was like, I'll take a look at it. Um, is that what we're doing with Lethal? Is he is he going to morph into Black Machismo now? I mean, that was when he was at his most entertaining, right? I might as well. <laughs> um, or is it just going to be they have nothing? But, or remember when Lance Archer would get mad every month and he'd show up and be like, everybody's going to die, and then we just wouldn't hear from him again? <laughs> but here's, here's, here's the bigger thing, right? In turn, in order to steal the belt, they go to the Hangman Page out, and Hangman Page, being dumb, comes out and gets his ass kicked by three guys, gets left laying, has his belt stolen. What exactly is supposed to be draw? What, what is supposed to draw me to this product when Adam Page is your top guy, the way you've booked him? 
So you look at people will shit all over the fact that you know Roman Reigns has beaten so many people and that Brock Lesnar is indestructible all the time and blah blah blah. But you put those guys at the top of a card, and I've got a reason to watch it because they have been so dominant. Sure, they have been made to feel very important and very to that special. show. Very yeah. special, exactly. What what have they done to make Adam Page feel special or important? And all the and years, by the way, is is he still doing hand jobs with the Dark Order? Because I'm completely lost about that at this point. Okay, in the years I've watched wrestling, I've watched just how awful bad booking can ruin your world champion. Mm-hmm. I've seen it even back when Shawn Michaels was, you know, when he was first the boyhood dream and, 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 and he won that title at, at Mania 12. And then he had pretty much one of the worst fucking world title reigns, uh, in recent, in, in, at that point, um, to the point where the fans started turning on him by the time he got to set. And I'm worried that's what's going to happen with Adam Page. Because those reactions are getting less and less mm-hmm. compared to when he... Like, you go back to last summer, right before he even started fighting with Kenny, just like when he... Um, right before his wife had the kid. Yeah. He was getting the loudest reaction of the night. Yep. And now he comes out, you know, 8.40, 8.35, something like that. Nobody... Everybody... Oh, he's, he's, also, he's also not an alcoholic anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's so, almost like they took the one thing that was getting them over, and they just decided to drop it. Yeah, weird. Imagine if Austin just stopped drinking beer back in the day, right? Hmm, well, that's weird. what happened with Cena. Remember, yeah. he was yeah, he a, stopped doing the rap. He stopped doing the rap. He started being more clean cut, more generic, more five yeah. moves of doom. So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, in other news, Sammy Guevara jizzed on the TNT title. <laughs> In a sport full of totally insufferable couples, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti have quickly become perhaps the most insufferable couple in professional wrestling. I was going to say, they're rising up those ranks very quickly. Who would you put above them at this point? I think they may have even passed Cody and Brandy at this point, no, to be completely honest with yet. you. Only just because we off. haven't seen Cody yeah, and Brandy I was going to say, just because they've been off TV doesn't mean I still don't fucking hate them. <laughs> um and I'm sure there's others that I can't even fucking think of. Persia and Duke are getting there, even though they're a fake couple, but still. Okay. So, <laughs> your counterpoint to Dan Lambert wearing a TNT championship is that, oh, if you only knew what me and Ty had done to those belts, then you would know that we live in your mouth, too. What the fuck? <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> That's what you're gonna give us on national TV? Ugh. This is, and I've said this before. I'm gonna say this again. This is ECW. This is what it is. When ECW did it, it was cool because nobody was doing it. <laughs> well, the, no, that, that's, that's their whole thing is nobody had been doing it for so long because WWE was PG and everybody follows WWE's lead. So they're doing their own thing. They're trying to be the anti-WWE. So they're being ECW. The problem with ECW was it flamed out quickly because you you can only push the envelope so far before you run out of things you can do. Somebody, I think it was Jim Cornette at one point, had the great line. It's like, okay, so I went to an ECW show, and now anything short of shooting a guy in the middle of the ring is not going to impress the crowd anymore. Well, you train your audience. Um, but the problem is, is that did anybody react to this promo from Sammy? Like, 
Oh my god, Sammy's so awesome. I can't wait to see what he says next. No! Did, to his credit, Dan Lambert sold it like a million bucks, though. He did, and I will I will give him credit for that. But um, I'm starting to wonder if this, if we really are being worked. And, and, and like you said, Sammy and Ty are getting the, the TV show, and they're going to turn heel soon. Could be. They definitely I mean, didn't seem very facey on that promo. No, and if you follow them on social media, they're being complete fuckheads, so... Yeah. But then, what? I mean, are they keeping them face for now because they want Paige Van Zandt to be heel? I, I don't know. And by the way, if you're looking for Paige Van Zandt to make her debut program, putting her on a Ty Conti is probably not the winning formula. I think I've mentioned this before, but you typically want to take those people. When Ronda debuted, they put her in the ring with Triple H and Kurt Angle. And yes, Stephanie was in there, but if you watch most of the heavy lifting she did in that match was with Triple H and Kurt Angle. Yeah. Um, then they moved her to a program with Charlotte and Becky and they put her in there and even Alexa, they put her in there with experienced workers who can sell an angle, who can sell a match. And, and I mean, they did Naya too, which sort of belies my point, but you know what I mean? For the most part, um, you want to protect these people and put them in the best path you can for success. Ty Conti is not the best path. Unless you unless you really want 17 pump kicks, in which case Ty Conti's your girl. <laughs> but short of that, this is not this is not it. The thing is, and it it's not Paige Van Zant's character, but similar to the way they did with Rhonda, if Paige Van Zant just goes in there and locks Ty in a submission and she taps out in ten seconds, that does work. If you establish her as a killer, you know what I mean? Oh, by the way, you can, you can talk about her shaking her ass. I find Paige Van Zandt hotter than Ty Conti, personally, but that's just me. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. Um, yeah, you could feed Ty Conti to, to Paige Van Zandt and have it be a squash, and that, that, huh. would, that would help get Paige Van Zandt over, but I don't think they're going to do that, because they look at how they've booked Ty Conti. She doesn't get squashed. She goes in there and has fucking 20-minute matches. Be, yeah, Paige Van Zandt would be better off with Layla Hirsch, for example. Sure. Someone like that, who can, who's technically sound enough to carry and protect somebody through Oh, like match. we said, Serena Deep. That would have been perfect. Yeah. You do yeah. the five-minute challenge anyway. Even Sheeta. Yeah, sure. So, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, and I don't want to spend too much on this, but the woman who spent the week telling us that she was greatly offended at... Uh, Fiesta segment from 20 years ago by Brock Lesnar, Thunder Rosa, immediately participating in a segment where her green card status was questioned by Vicky Guerrero, because, you know, that makes sense. Well, Vicky going to be Vicky, I guess. All right. And then here's the biggest problem with AEW for me. We get to our main event segment. Now, you might be asking yourself, main event, that's got to be a big, important thing. Is it like... Your heavyweight champion, Adam Page, doing something? No, 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 no. Was it your tag champs, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus? Because they didn't wrestle on this show, so maybe... Nope. Nope. Uh, how about Scorpio Sky? Is he... Nope. No, 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 he didn't wrestle on the show either. Uh, we got Alex Reynolds and John Silver versus Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia. That was the main event of AEW Dynamite. What? What? Did, uh, 
what incentive do I have to stay tuned throughout this show if that's the main event you're giving me? Uh, I got nothing. There's okay. no, I have no excuse for it. I have no, um, and it's not a random occurrence. <laughs> this is the shit they do all the time. There were, there were better matches booked on this card. There were better matches that we saw on this card. There were better tag matches on this card. Um, ugh. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Other than they're just trying to force it. Like this whole new Jericho appreciation society. Like you said, We've already seen this formula with Jericho. Ooh, he beat up the Dark Order. Who gives a fuck about the Dark Order? If this was, I'll give him this. If this was Jericho and Garcia versus uh, Pride and uh, Pride and Powerful, which you don't do on regular TV, but if this, if that was your main event, fine. At least it makes sense. The fuck did these two have to do with the Dark Order? You know what I mean? I. Uh... Waste okay, so, time. so let's run through a couple quick things from Rampage here, and then we'll get into our, our WrestleMania previews. Um, okay, so we kicked off Rampage with a grudge match between Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer. Now, Sal, do you want to remind the fans when the last time the two participants in this grudge match were on TV together? During the TNT title tournament. Well, that was like two fucking years ago. That I was, was the just start of the say, pandemic. Two years ago. This is the grudge match. These two have been dying to kill each other while not interacting for two fucking years. To be fair, aren't they both from Texas? Doesn't matter. It wasn't wasn't <laughs> built as a Texas death match. It was built as a grudge match. Now here's the other here's here's one of my big problems with AEW. Everything has to be fucking grandiose. We can't just take Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer and put them in a ring and say here's a match. It has to be a grudge match. It has to be like. And by the way, we're fucking Dustin Rhodes is bleeding thirty seconds into this goddamn match, and here's the kicker. At the end of it, he, he's bleeding from the ear because he bled the hard way. But here's the kicker. At the end of it, he goes outside and fucking blades his forehead because bleeding from the ear wasn't enough blood. <laughs> um, something, something those Rhodes boys love to bleed, don't they? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I, I say this all the time in regards to AEW. When everything is special, nothing is special. I know. And it sort of goes the same way here. If you bleed all the time, it means nothing when it's actually supposed to. But anyway, moving on after that, uh, the Jay Lethal cut the promo where he's pissed off that you were talking about earlier. It was actually after the Adam Cole loss. Yeah. Uh, we then made the mistake of giving Fuego Del Sol a mic. The promo actually wasn't bad, but the fact that Fuego Del Sol is taking out the entire House of Black by himself is probably not the best look for the House of Black. Fuego fucking Del Sol. The only way this could be worse is if this ends up with the House of Black versus Fuego, Luther, and Serpentico. Coming to you this week on Dark. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, they, they beat up Fuego. He didn't take him out. After a while, he took out all three he, of them he, at he, various points, and he, then they eventually got the numbers game on yeah, him. Yeah, I was going to say, he did have the upper hand initially, but... um, But he went one-on-one with Aleister Black and was one-upping him. I know. Not a good look. <sighs> Sorry, Malachi Black. Oh, I will, say, I will say, though, 
Um, one thing I, I hadn't had a chance to mention, when I watch Buddy Matthews wrestle, that dude has some intensity in every fucking move he does. Yeah, he does. That's why I was a fan of his. He reminds me of, uh, you know, he who shall not be mentioned. But um, he has that same snap and, 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 and pissed off look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we then had... Red hey, Lexi Nair's back. Oh, yeah. Uh, and her front, too. Uh, we had Red Dragon uh, versus 5 and 10 of the Dark Order. What the fuck is with the Dark Order in these tag team matches this week? I don't know. Seriously. It's their fuck. time of the Come month. On. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This was all a vehicle so that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus would come out and Adam Cole could steal the tag titles, too. Woo! Great. Uh, Nyla Rhodes beats oh. Maddie, Maddie Rankowski because anytime anybody feuding with uh, Thunder Rosa must beat the shit out of Maddie Rankowski. That's a new rule. I was just going to say that. Anytime anybody wants to get any heat uh, with Thunder Rosa, they just beat up uh, her trainee over there. Yeah. Um, the TNT champ got some mic time, although it wasn't in the ring. It was a pre-tape. Yeah. But what I liked, and, and I'll give him credit, I liked the fact that they said that open challenge shit, yeah, we're done with that. Mm-mm. Yeah. We're not doing that anymore. So it's good. Good heat for Scorpio. Scorpio's a great promo. He really is. Yeah, you know, I he haven't played... heard him cut one in like two years, but yes, he is. No, he's been doing these ones backstage for a while where he does a snap and the lights go out. No, and... no, I know. I'm kidding. But like, yeah. he is. He is underrated and not uh, used enough, in my opinion. Then I was waiting all week for this. Hook comes out to get a certificate of accomplishment from QT Marshall. And remind me again, Sal, that AEW doesn't do the kind of hokey shit that WWE does. I know. I know. But but at least they saved it because at the end of the match, they set up a huge angle when Danhausen couldn't put his curse on Hook. And this was actually fucking AEW tweeted this out like it was big fucking breaking news. Okay. Professional wrestling lives here. At least we're at not least sports Hook entertainment, folks. What's at, that? At least Hook didn't sell it. He didn't sell. He fucking shouldn't. Nobody should sell no, it. No, nobody should. It's dumb. But he didn't, and I appreciate that because his character yeah. would never do that. Speaking of appreciating Hook's character, I, I gotta admit, dude, I laughed when he took the fucking when he took Aaron Solo's head and threw it through the certificate, <laughs> and then just left. I got a kick out of it. It was stupid, event, but I got a kick out of it. In your main event of Rampage, uh, two guys that we don't apparently give a shit about in Ricky Starks and Swerve Scott depend, defended a title that we're never, we've actually gone out of our way to point out is not a legitimate title, um, and we're supposed to care about it, but uh, Starks defeated Swerve Strickland, who's running AEW's off to a great start. Um, so, Sal, anything on this or anything else on Dynam- on Rampage before we move Just- on? Between Starks and uh, Swerve, they had talked about, oh, same old Ricky Starks, and, and it seems like these two had had history. Was that in MLW or was that in NWA? Uh, it was in MLW. MLW, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Rampage was uh, forgettable. Yeah, as it usually is, which is why the ratings reflect that. Uh, all right, I talked about the Intercontinental title situation on Raw. It's pretty much, I mean, I don't have a ton of stuff from Raw and SmackDown this week. So what do you say we'll just sort of blend it all into our predictions and we'll go right into our predictions, right? How's that suck? How's think, that sound to you, I, I meant to I, say? It doesn't suck. I think it sounds <laughs> really good, actually. Okay. All right, let's start 
by opening your browser and going to rundownwrestling.com. And I am going to implore you to scroll down a little bit. We are going to get to WrestleMania in just a moment, but we are going to start with the first thing you're going to see on WrestleMania weekend on Saturday at least. That is NXT. Sal? Stand and deliver. There you go. All right, so if you will enter your name first or last and put whatever you want, it will get set on the air, although we do reserve the right to limit your characters, Bruno. Um, so let's run through the cards, starting with our NXT North American Championship ladder match. As the champion and the best thing in NXT for my money, Carmelo Hayes defends his title against Grayson Waller, Santos Escobar, Solo Sokoa, and I'm going to spoil this. Cameron Grimes. Ah, you should have read it like it was printed. <laughs> okay, so Cameron Grimes has made his way in after initially yes. losing a qualifying match to Escobar. That's interesting. Uh, also a little, I mean, how many chances does this guy get, really? But uh, it doesn't matter. Um, is there any chance Carmelo loses here? Because I'm saying no. I'm saying Carmelo so- wins. So you say that, but here's the thing. This is the type of spot, if you want to protect a guy like Carmelo, this is the spot you put him in, because he doesn't actually have to get beat to lose the title here. So if you want to get the title off a guy like Carmelo and still protect him, this is the kind of spot you do that in. They made such a storyline of Cameron Grimes and his rise to the top that I sort of wonder if this is to build to put put the title on him. It's a possibility. But uh, so you're you're gonna pick Cameron Grimes? Oh fuck no! I'm going with Carmelo. <laughs> uh, I, first off, first off, as we all have learned, when Carmelo shoots, he don't miss. Second of all, he's my he's my boy. I'm not gonna bat. I'm not gonna get away from picking for him. And third off, I've learned a long time ago with these predictions, and I've sort of fallen out of it. And I'm getting back into it with this one. I don't care what the most creative, best angle to do. I'm going to go with the laziest thing that they could possibly do because that's usually what they do. So I'm going to say Carmelo Hayes retains the title here. That's right. The original New England thriller. So, second match. As... Are you going Carmelo too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Carmelo. All right. Second match. Sal, this is right up your alley. Feel free to intro this one. It's the Italian Sausage Fest. And by that, I mean you know a lot about Sausage Fest. Tommaso Ciampa, and hey, yo, Tony D'Angelo. This has to be D'Angelo, right? This has to be Ciampa putting on De- putting over D'Angelo on his way out the door, right? Uh, I mean, I guess. It's just so weird that Ciampa takes a loss at a takeover to a guy like Tony D'Angelo. But I get, like you said, that's, that's, he, you know what, Ciampa's old school. Mm-hmm. Always has been, so yep. of course he's going to go out on his back, and yeah, it's going to be D'Angelo. In the dumbest turn of events, perhaps in the history of NXT, uh, the NXT Women's Championship will now be on the line in a fatal four-way as Mandy Rose defends the title against Cora Jade and the two women who won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic to earn singles title opportunities. Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. And fuck this storyline. So, explain to our viewers who may not have watched last week's NXT, how the fuck did this happen? So, uh, Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai win the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Now, by the way, over 
Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. Uh, lazy and, and crazy. And perhaps my favorite spot in NXT history, Io Shirai goes for the Tiger fan kick, and Wendy Chu takes her pillow and sticks it in front of Dakota's face so it doesn't hurt her. Beautiful. <laughs> that was actually really good. Um, but in any event, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray win, and then Toxic Attraction gets in the ring, and JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are sort of mocking them. And they announced that we are not actually going to use this opportunity to go after the tag title, but we're both entering the women's championship match. I Who knew that was a thing? <laughs> it's never been. And uh, why the fuck would anyone, if it was a thing, why the fuck would anyone have not done it by now? If you needed a challenger for Mandy and you wanted to make the match interesting... You already had a challenger. She already had a match in Cora Jade. Like I said, if you wanted to make it interesting, there's a million people who aren't doing shit on the main roster you could have sent down just like you did Dolph Ziggler. I was interested in Cora Jade and Mandy Rose, no, honestly. No, no. Didn't they already do this? They already did no, Mandy and Cora no. Jade. No, they did Mandy and Cora Jade and Raquel. It was a triple threat. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, now it's just a fatal four-way. I wanted to see them one-on-one. Give Cora a chance to shine. There's nothing they've done with Cora Jade's character that make me believe she's the next women's champion. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And maybe she's not. So what does that have to do with anything? Um, that I knew if they kept it the way they kept it, I knew Mandy was just going to retain. Now, Mandy's probably still going to so, retain. But so fucking Kenny Omega defended his title against Pac and Pockets, and everybody went fucking batshit crazy over it. Did you? No! <laughs> See? <laughs> But I'm not going to sit here, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you Mandy Rose is going to put on Matt Classic either, but I was interested to see Cora J get her opportunity, her first sort of one-on-one big-time opportunity at the title, and see how she performed. So I hate the angle. I like the end result, because I think this match is instantly more interesting. Yeah, I mean, the work rate probably goes up, because you can get Mandy Rose powdering out to the outside and let sort of Kaylee and EO and go at each other and have Corey in and out of there. and Yeah, so you're definitely going to probably end up with a better in-ring product, but I still think, for my money, that Mandy Rose is still walking out with the title. I don't think they're breaking up the titles off Toxic Attraction just yet. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to go with Kaylee Ray. Okay. I think Io is weeks at most away from getting called up. I think Cora will get her time. She's still really young. I think they put her on Kaylee Ray and then we we do this thing where um, obviously Mandy tries to get it back and, you know, Toxic Attraction tries to help her and maybe Kaylee stays one step ahead of him because of the baseball bat. I don't know. But um, I can see it. Yeah, I'm stuck on Mandy Rose, but we'll agree to disagree and we'll see who's right. Next up, NXT Tag Team Championship as Izzy's favorite team, MSK, uh, takes on Imperium and the Creed Brothers, <laughs> and Troy has in parentheses, not the band, um, I would say this is uh, probably. I feel like there's only two ways that this could okay. go. And 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 I'm sorry, it's not the Creeds. They just I, not... I can I can tell you, Kimberly is rooting for everyone except MSK in this match. Well, that's true. So, I don't think the Creeds have anything character-wise to offer. So I think they're not going to win the titles. Could we go back to MSK? We could. Big moment. Stand and deliver. But, um, I don't know. Imperium's done nothing wrong with the belts. They certainly haven't built any, like, 
reason for them to lose. So I'm going to say Imperium retains. So I'm going to say this ends up being Imperium versus MSK because the Creed Brothers are just going to enter the NXT Heavyweight Championship match later on instead. <laughs> right? Because that's what we do now? That's what we do. Why would, why would they not? Uh, no, actually, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Creed Brothers here. I think they... Okay. I think they won the Dusty Cup for a reason. I think they're uh, they are the team that they see as the next big thing in NXT, as in tag team division. So uh, I'm going to go with them. All right, that's fair. Uh, I don't know why this. I don't know what kind of he always does a weird order with these. So let's skip ahead one. Uh, we have a singles match between Gunther and L.A. Knight. Unfortunately, I feel like this is Gunther. I would say so too. Now, what I will say here is if you've been watching NXT the last couple months, LA Knight has become a huge favorite down there. Like, he's getting the NXT equivalent of rock reactions when he walks out now. I can't wait to see what this guy does on the main roster with his promos. I think he's going to be a huge hit. But then again, I thought that about EC3, and we saw what happened. So, Which, who knows? The thing, yeah, but EC3 never really cut a good promo in NXT. He cut great promos in TNA. I don't remember him doing jack-all shit in NXT. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I'm picking Gunther because I think LA Knight is coming to that main roster. Okay. And I think it's going to be f- as fun as fuck when he gets there. Yeah, for the two weeks they use him. Sure. Um, by the way, how shots do you look on this uh, WrestleMania card this weekend? Oh, she's going to be... Um... At Access. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, which leads us to our NXT Championship match as Dolph Ziggler defends his title against former champion Braun Breaker. Sal, I assume we are both of the same mind here that this title is coming back to Braun Breaker here? Yes, even though the kid has had some appearances on Raw and has looked good, I feel like you need that definitive takeover win WrestleMania weekend he beats a guy like Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Braun Breaker for the win. I know there's a lot of talk about The Rock coming in, working Mania with Roman for the title next year. And if that falls through, I could 100% be in see Braun Breaker being the guy who comes up at the Royal Rumble, wins the Royal Rumble, and goes on and, be, and becomes the guy to end Roman's historic title run at WrestleMania next year. I gotta tell you, even if we get Rock versus Reigns, I don't think it has to be for the title. Maybe. And I don't know if you could do another 365 days of Roman. At t- oh, you t- absolutely t- could. On t- but like, not now we're down to one championship. Oh. All right. So that's your predictions for NXT. Now, if you scroll back up to the top of your page. You will once again enter whatever name you choose. Bruno, I'm looking at you. For Most Stupendous Night 1, which is, of course, Saturday, WrestleMania Saturday. And I detect the theme with the way Troy has labeled these matches, and you will too when you go there, but I'm not going to roll with it. So we, he leads off with the Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, and I, for my money, 
This is where Bianca gets her revenge, and Bianca has that crowning moment at WrestleMania for the second year in a row. Yes. Reve- I'm sorry. There's. I think you're looking at the wrong competitor that's looking for revenge this Saturday after what I'm happened I'm sorry. On Bianca Raw. didn't lose her title in 27 seconds at SummerSlam to, to Becky? Yes, but who cut who's here on Monday yes, night? That's not the point. This is, this is to get the title back. So as I had said at the beginning of this show, the, the booking for this week was very strange to me. Why did we do this? Unless they're doing a double turn where, where Becky comes out as a face and, and Bianca comes out as a heel, which is a possibility. Why didn't well, we have Bianca well, Becky just wanted to get her hair cut in short, and this was the me- mechanism by which they got there. But we almost had the ponytail go, and I thought that would have been such good heat if she, yeah, if she but did that's, it. Yeah, I don't know. That's so, so, so tied to her gimmick, even her music. I don't know that you can get rid of that. Fair, but can you imagine the heat going into oh, sure. Mania? All right, who do you got winning, Sal? <sighs> Bianca. Okay, so you, after all that, you agreed with me. Okay, cool. All right, moving on. Uh, we have a tag team match between Ray and Dominic Mysterio and The Miz and Logan Paul. And uh, I don't know how you feel about this, Sal, but uh, people don't tune into pay-per-views to watch the Paul brothers go over. They tune in to watch them get their asses kicked. Same with the Miz. I'm going to go with the Mysterio brothers here. Yeah, same. <laughs> I uh, said brothers. They um they brought up the fact that Dominic doesn't have a mask because he has to earn it. Do you think if he gets the pinfall at Mania, that's one step into him like earning it, and then we can kind of go with that storyline? That's possible. All right. Um. Got to be kind of cool for Ray to be able to do this at WrestleMania with his kid, though, right? Well, I was going to say, got to be kind of cool for his kid to be like, holy shit, I'm in a tag match at Mania with my yeah. dad. Like, yeah, but I mean, for, from a dad perspective. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. You know. Um, singles match between Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin. Uh, there's no shot Happy Corbin's winning this, right? No, and uh, hopefully it leads to him losing his mind again. Yeah, that would be that was the best version of Corbin. Speaking of which, they did a video package on Raw of of ha- the Happy Corbin story arc. Yes, amazing video package. And but they can't do long term storytelling, Sal. But that's the thing. Like I I have absolutely bought into this Happy Corbin storyline, and then he's going against Drew, and I'm like, that makes no fucking sense. By the way, for anybody that wants to talk to me about two year storyline between Adam Page and Kenny Omega, I give you the four year story arc between Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and The Undertaker. That's all I'm saying. Well, there you go. Um, Moving on. SmackDown tag team titles on the line as the Usos defend against Nakamura and Rick Boobs. And yes, I said Rick Boobs. Um, Sal, who you got? All right, this is going to surprise you. I think I think Boobs and Nakamura take the titles, and Roman is now disappointed with his with his cousins because they've disappointed the family going into night two. Okay, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say the Usos win, and then they go to their big celebration on SmackDown where they are interrupted by MSK. That's my that's okay. my right. that's my take. Uh, moving on, tag team match, the New Day. I don't know if this is actually official. If it's, it is. Uh, no, it is okay, official. Okay, it was announced? Okay. Uh, Xavier Woods and uh, Kofi Kingston taking on Sheamus and Ridge Holland, because fuck 
Butch. Um, well, no, Butch is he, he's he's not in the corner. Yeah, he's been their corner man for, since he's debuted and, on SmackDown. He hasn't and, actually and, had a match yet. So. And, and he can thank Ridge Holland breaking Biggie's neck for him not being on the WrestleMania card yeah, wrestling. So. so uh, ironically, it's because of Butch, I think, that, that Holland and Sheamus win. He'll, he'll do something I, on the outside. So I just don't see any point in having the New Day win this match. I think if you want to build up this new group, this is a spot for them to win. You can play up the hole. They don't have Big E. They're outnumbered, blah, blah, blah. I was going to say, they uh, have to lose because they don't have Big E. And then you do right. the, the six-man when Big E comes back. Yeah. All right. Uh we also have Seth Rollins versus Vacant, his mystery opponent. That's Mr. McMahon. We have no idea, of course, who this person is. Now, listen. So I mentioned this in the host thread, and you all sort of took it and mocked me, and I and I get that. That's fine. I wasn't fucking around. Like I can legitimately see a scenario where this is the return of Johnny Gargano. The baby's been born. He's done in NXT. This is the call-up. He comes out. He defeats Seth Rollins. Rollins comes to Raw, freaks the fuck out, and that's where Cody Rhodes debuts. And the reason I say this, because it's so clear to everybody that this is Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, that I almost feel like if that was the case, they would have just announced it, right? They would have had Cody come out on Raw and set this match up so they could advertise it, right? So a couple things. Number one, did you see the... The Twitter clip when uh, the five minute video when Seth went to Vince's office. Yes. Okay. Interesting way to do it because you could have done this segment on Raw, but um, you know Vince finally caves. It's like all right, you'll have, you'll be at WrestleMania, and Seth says, "Okay, who's my opponent?" And then Vince says, "Well, of course it'll be someone of my choosing." Now, see, that's my. My one problem with your with your theory, because I can't see Vince handpicking Johnny Gargano for anything. Now, would it be cool? It would be cool, but I mean, you you know how optics look. Why would Vince look. handpick anybody who's supposed to be a face, though? Because whoever it is is facing Seth Rollins, which is going to make them a face. Well. Vince so for storyline purposes, why would he? Vince picking this guy, you know, Cody. I just sort of feel like there's more money in advertising a match, right? I mean, we've always seen that from Vince. He doesn't like to do surprises because he can't advertise and promote ma- at surprises. That's not true. That's not true at all. He's not. He's not hung up on that. He has done surprises, and he has done surprises at Mania of any time of the year. That's usually when he does them. So he doesn't do them very often. True. We t- we talk about this all the time, so. But you you sat there and you followed me a month ago saying, no, Cody's going to have a big moment when he debuts in the WWE. Is this not the biggest moment you can have, a WrestleMania debut? This is going to be the Hardys in, in WrestleMania 33 all over again. No, it won't, because nobody knew the Hardys were going to be there. Oh, you don't think they're going to pop if fucking Cody comes out there with his AEW entrance? I think they will pop, but at the same time, I think they're all expecting it to be Cody. We're hearing Cody chants and things. And it just seems like the type of thing Vince would do to swerve the fucking crowd at the last minute. Sure, but if he was going to swerve the crowd, it's not going to be Johnny Gargano. It's going to be like Goldberg. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know, again, like I said, 
if I'm betting hard money, I'm I'm going to go with the most likely, most obvious choice, and it's obviously in that case Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes wins the match. But um, I don't know. I just I, I feel like there might be some sort of swerve coming here. I will say this: regardless of who walks out of that curtain, that person is beating Seth, hundred percent. Okay. okay, fair enough. All right, which brings us to, I guess, our in-ring wrestling match, official match, main event of night one. Uh, first off, how do you feel about the fact that both women's matches are taking place on night one? I don't like it. I don't either. And I know you said originally you kind of floated the idea of them doing, you know, Ronda challenging Becky at night two, and apparently I, I don't see that happening. I don't, but maybe it could. You know, maybe that maybe that is why they're doing this way. Who knows? Maybe. You know, you talked about Vince likes to surprise people at Mania. You know, after let's say let's say Becky wins and we're both wrong, and Becky wins, and then Rousey wins her match, which I expect Rousey's going to win. I do too. Um, and then Becky comes out and attacks Ronda, and they they they, they agree. Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Every all or nothing tomorrow night. I could see it. It would be fun, and I will give you all the credit in the world if they do it. Um, By the way, I want to so I want to take a second here because I was not on the show last week, and you and Adam went to great extents to rip Ronda Rousey apart. Oh, um, we were nice compared to no, what weren't. we've said to no, other people, no, dude. Aren't. She can't cut a and promo. Everybody listen, says it. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me let, let me let's <laughs> talk for a second here. Let, sure, let's be. Sure. Let's put the IWC. No, let's put the IWC shitty toxic snark away for a minute, okay? Mm -hmm. How many people do you know are really good at cutting promos in like eight months? For most people, for most people, it. Keep in mind, she's only wrestled for roughly a year. She had Kurt Angle carrying the promos for her for her first couple months leading into WrestleMania. Then she took a bunch of fucking time off, where I know she wasn't sitting there working on her promos while she's breastfeeding the kid. So, no, she doesn't have... You're talking about comparing her to Charlotte, who spent six years in developmental learning promos from Dusty Rhodes. Right. And Ronda Rousey has spent... Well, all right. Let's be let's be a little more generous. Let's say fourteen months working on promos. Okay. Okay. And you expect her to be in the same league as Charlotte Flair? No. No, I don't. I think Ronda does a decent job given her lack of experience because what she is asked to be a different kind of character. She's asked to be almost an MMA fighter. She's almost cutting those fucking pre-fight. Uh, what are they, the press conferences they do before fights where they're just talking shit to each other. That's sort of what she's trying to do in these promos. And if that, if you look at it in that perspective, she does that part of it fairly well. What we're used to seeing is very scripted, very, very polished promos. And when we don't see that, we assume this person's bad at it. Is she bad at cutting the polished, pre-produced wrestling promo? Yes. But I don't think that's what they want her to do. Would you say Kevin Owens knows how to cut a promo? Yeah. Really good, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, spent about two decades doing it on the indies before he got really, really good at it. Sure. Yeah. No, he's one of the best. Would you put him on the mic against Omos three weeks in a row, ten minutes each segment? No, because Omos isn't anywhere near that level. 
Owen you can Edom barely up. understand the words almost says. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, why would you put Ronda in the spot? If she's not there, you don't have her go toe-to-toe with one of the best okay, in the okay, women's well, let me, Hold on, hold on. On the on, mic, me, on the mic. Hold on, hold on, because let me counter that. If you're Vince McMahon and you have the option to not put her on there and just make her a silent, deadly destroyer, do you keep putting her out there if she's not giving you what you're looking for? <laughs> At this point, you have no choice. You have to promote the match. No, you know, you can promote the match without Ronda saying a goddamn fucking word. You could give Ronda a mouthpiece if you were that worried about it. Uh, Obviously, whatever she's doing is what Vince is looking for her to do. We'll see. Because if they do end up sticking a mouthpiece with her, that means that ultimately he wasn't happy with what she was doing. Or it at. means that he wants to shift the character. Okay. Maybe. But but that's the thing. I, th- I think everybody's looking for her to be... Ronda Rousey, WWE superstar. I don't think that's how they want to promote her. I think they want her to be Ronda Rousey, MMA star, who is wrestling. So they're having her talk like she's an MMA fighter. And it doesn't come off as polished and as prepared as as a wrestling promo does by somebody who's done it for years. But it does come across, if you go and watch any of these UFC pre-fight press conferences, that's what she sounds like. That's what she knows. That's what she's done. And I think that's what Vince wants her doing. I was going to say, she was never intimidating in her press conferences in UFC either. You know no, I mean? she's not supposed to be. She's Her whole gimmick is, I don't have to talk because I can fucking kill you. I'll say a couple things here and there, sure, but it doesn't matter. What matters is I'm going to rip your fucking head off. Which is why I wouldn't put her in these segments with Charlotte. Have her be a silent killer. People would have still popped for that. You're asking she's her to do something. She's talking a lot in these segments. Charlotte's <sighs> doing most of the heavy lifting. That story she told about, like, breaking people's arms at 14, she lost the crowd halfway through her promo, in my opinion. But, hey, if Vince is happy, sure, go with it. To me, it doesn't do anything for me seeing her in I mean, at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. And, again, if she wasn't giving him what he wanted, he would have changed it and fixed it by now. But you got to admit, too, Charlotte has been doing amazing work trying to carry this, knowing Ronda's inexperienced. Jeez, you mean me, the guy who's been telling everybody on this fucking network for four fucking years, well, they all talk shit about Charlotte, how she was one of the best promos in the company, right? Me yeah. and Adam said nothing bad about Charlotte's promos last week. We both said she no, was No, last carry. week. I'm talking about the last four fucking years. I, when I, was I personally... one of the best promos in the company. I can't speak to Adam, but I have been behind you with that whole Charlotte thing. I have agreed no. with you 100%. Anyway, so yeah, no, it's fine. But I think Rousey wins. I do. And I hope that leads to that unification match on Sunday because I think that's, to me, that it's very suspect that they're doing both of these matches on Saturday and not spacing them out. And what almost, if, there's a reason for that. What if Bianca wins and Rousey wins and they still end up doing the unification, but then Rousey turns heel and it takes could. both titles and we, and I we think get the- Bianca screwed again? I think the internet would fucking explode. Oh, I know they would. I I just like, I think that would be awful. Awful messy, I guess. It would be interesting to see. Uh, It's funny to watch the world burn sometimes. But but no, I think Rousey, to me, the money match this whole time has been Rousey and and Becky. I agree. So if you get that for the unification. But again, it's one of those things like if you got that and you didn't advertise it and promote it, it's very unvince-like. It doesn't make sense to me. No. Um, in any event, we also have a category for who gets the last stunner, Stone Cold or Kevin Owens. And let's be honest, it's Texas. It's his first time in the ring in years. It's Stone Cold. Of course. 
I said, <laughs> of course it's Owens. That's not what I meant. Of course it's Austin <laughs> is what I meant. Now, here's um, the question. Do you think this is going to be an actual fight? Do you think this is going to be sort of a pseudo match like we got with uh, Luke, was Eric Rowan in The Rock a couple years ago? Do you think this is just an interview segment where there's a little physicality? What do you, how do you see this playing out? There will be no bell. There's there's not going to be a bell-to-bell like we got with Rowan and, and Rock. But I will say I think they're going to they're gonna build it where Owens is going to talk for a while before Austin comes out. And when he finally hits something that you know pisses off Austin enough, that's when his music will hit crowd will go nuts now i also think at that point we do get a back and forth on the mic um and what <laughs> eventually what steve austin what? will okay. turn to face the crowd and owens will attack him try to blindside him maybe get a little quick heat in the corner but ultimately austin hits his greatest hits and then finishes off of the stunner so you, make, you, make, you make it sound like you think this is going to be a quick thing. I, if this is closing out the show, I think this has to be a prolonged fight. This is going to—I think this is going to be one of those things where they're going to go all over the building. They're going to go all over you the place. You think the physicality lasts? I mean, I think the promo yeah. battles will last that long. I don't no, know I if the physicality. A lot of punches and kicks and very safe stuff, but okay. I think they're going to try to sell it as a very intense fist fight kind that, of deal. That, that's fine um, too. And, they and might one do thing that. I do. I do want to do here is I want to fucking put the hell over of uh, Kevin Owens here because he has built this entire program himself, himself without Austin ever appearing on the show. Yep. So great job by Kevin Owens leading into this. It truly is KO Mania on night one of WrestleMania. Which brings us to night two of WrestleMania. And we start with the Women's Tag Team Championship, otherwise known as the Who Gives a Fuck match. Uh, Queen Zelina and... Oh, And Carmella. Yes, yes. And Carmella. And again, when you're reading these predictions on the website, this is not us. This is this all is Troy. Troy. This is Troy. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, versus Sasha Banks did and you, Naomi. Did you not read the other one either? Nope, Maybe you should nope, read, one, you should read these one. before you. Uh, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Yeah. And Shayna and <laughs> Talia. <laughs> That one, that one. Uh, look, the first two, not okay with. The last one, I'll give him credit for. I'm sure Troy is like enjoying the fact that I'm laughing and reacting live on air. Um, first off, let me just say from SmackDown, uh, Shayna Baszler should never wear pink gear. <laughs> not a good look for her. Not a good look at all. <sighs> Looked way, way out of place here. Um, I'm going to say they put the titles on Sasha and Naomi here. Uh, I, if I had to put money on it, that would be my guess. I agree. Boss they, glow they, or whatever. Everybody wants to hashtag give Naomi a chance, and Sasha right. Banks is one of your biggest stars in the women's division. So, yeah, I can see them winning the tag titles at Mania. And eventually one will turn on the other and we'll get Sasha versus Naomi. A.K.A. Sasha will turn on Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Johnny Johnny Knoxville, dude, really, Jesus Christ! Johnny Knoxville takes on Sami Zayn one on one in an anything goes match. The fact that they've made it anything goes provides them the out. This is the spot where the celebrity wins, and uh, Johnny Knoxville gets the victory here. 
Yeah, and we'll probably see other cast members of Jackass Forever come in and help him win. Yes, probably. Um, although I do, I will say this: anything goes with Johnny Knoxville involved. This could be really entertaining, especially with Sammy selling it. Yeah, could be. Sammy, I think was it you that said it last week? Sammy has just done such an amazing job yep. with this heel persona. I mean, he's he's been absolutely fantastic. His his work in this program alone on like social media with the just the things of fans calling him and stuff like he's so fucking good so money what i said last week i I can't this guy revitalized his whole career with this heel character absolutely 100 well see i wouldn't say that because i think he was he was the whitest of white meat baby faces and could have been an absolute star as a white meat baby face and for whatever reason vince couldn't figure it out i don't know but sure in any event you look at him back in nxt and the way people just even in his WWE early days the way people just reacted to him and got behind him and they couldn't figure out a way to fucking capitalize on that it's sort of weird but it's sort of par for the course for nxt uh, for WWE lately um and we go on to the singles match that I'm perhaps most curious about. Uh, Pat McAfee takes on Austin Theory. Sal, what do you see happening here? I think Theory wins, but um, by shenanigans. And I think McAfee has a great showing. I think everybody talks about you know how good he looked in the ring after this match. I think you're right. I think Theory wins, and I think this propels him to a U.S. title program win over Finn Balor eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we move on to the Raw Tag Team Titles: RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus uh, Chad Gable and Otis, the Amer- Alpha Academy. Um, this is a tough one. I think ultimately I'm going to go with the Alpha Academy taking the titles hit back here when Orton turns on Riddle. Really? Yeah. <sighs> It's Mania. You need that big holy shit moment at Mania. I know, but I feel like that moment's coming the next night on Raw with these two. And here's... It could, but they'd have to lose the titles first. Which is why I'm going with the Street Profits. Okay. So they lose the titles here, and then they have a rematch on Raw the next night, and that's when Austin Orton turns on Riddle. You know what would be fucking hilarious if if Riddle turned on Orton? Yeah, but you would lose a lot of the character work that Riddle brings. Yeah. No, it would be a complete 180 for Riddle, and I don't want to see that, but it would be a shocking moment. I don't want a serious Matt Riddle in my life. Anyway. (laughs) uh, um, Perhaps the match I personally am most looking forward to on the entire card. Jesus Christ, we're we're, we're we're stretching real far for some of these now, Troy. Jesus Christ. Uh... It's going to be Edge taking on AJ Styles. This is a match from the time Edge returned and these two locked eyes in that first Royal Rumble. This is a match I've wanted to see. I am so excited that we're going to get it. I think it's going to live up to every expectation. Who do you have winning this? I don't care if this is me going with my heart. I want Styles to win. Okay. I want him to get that definitive WrestleMania win over a WWE Hall of Famer. Didn't he beat... Didn't he beat uh, Shane McMahon? Is that a WWE Hall of Famer? He will be. Not a spoiled little fucking brat. Um, No, I think Styles wins. Although I understand, I know Edge has done a great job with this character, but I think it's just for this feud with Styles. I don't think it actually 
Edge is one of those people where he can come and do what he wants when he wants at this point. Edge took a clean pin at WrestleMania last year to Owen to uh, sorry Roman. Um, I feel like Edge is going to get the victory here, and then we're going to continue this program, and AJ will get his ultimate win somewhere down the road. But Maybe. I think this one, Maybe. I think this one's going to go to Edge. Well, let me see. My only on. issue is AJ Styles has lost a lot at Mania. Like I know he beat Shinsuke. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to talk myself out of it. I'm going to go with AJ. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go with AJ, and I think Edge is going to attack him brutally after the match. Maybe. There you go. We'll do that way. All right. We have Bobby Lashley versus Omos. What do you think about how they got here? With uh, almost demanding a challenger and destroying everybody, including the Viking Raiders this week. And then uh, Lashley started on that. Um, the Viking Raiders are one of the best tag teams in the world, and you would never know it by watching the way they're presented on this show. Uh, it sucks. Um, that said, this is stupid. I don't, I, I don't know if this was built when they weren't sure if Lashley would be back in time. Yeah. Um, certainly what it feels like but uh you sort of pinch yourself into a corner with a match like this so either we eliminate the aura of dominance that almost has built up over the last couple months or we destroy the aura of bobby lashley we've been building up for a year and a half so which way do you go it's tough i would say there's way more money in bobby lashley than there is in almost so i'm gonna say lashley here so Lashley's character, especially after his return on Monday, has naturally transitioned to a babyface. Yeah. Well, he was sort of babyfacing even before that. We talked about it in the match. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Now, that being said, can Lashley lose and be fine? Yeah, he could. He could. And there's something to be said for almost ultimately coming out on top but struggling a little bit with the almighty but man i really have a hard time picturing almost beating bobby lashley yeah this is a guy who carried your wwe title for quite well actually this is also a guy that put over goldberg so we're gonna ask you to also put over fucking almost Almost? really yeah no i gotta say lashley wins yeah same which brings us to the biggest match in WrestleMania history, title for title, champion versus champion. Almost like that's happened in WrestleMania before. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I think for me, this is Roman's moment. He's had a couple opportunities. He's never gotten the big victory over Brock at WrestleMania. I feel like this is the time. This is the build. This is why they're doing this. And I think Roman Reigns, your tribal chief, is the new unified WWE champion. My prediction is for Roman to win and unify the belts. However, there's a couple things I got to talk about. How do you feel about Roman and the bloodline running scared from Brock Lesnar over the past couple weeks? Don't love it. Okay. I thought that he got me back this week with his promo. Now... As great as babyface Brock Lesnar has been, Brock's WrestleMania promo on Raw, where he's talking about the titles making babies, was a little awkward. But (laughs) Roman's promo on Raw was amazing. So 
So those, depending on who wins, Sal, those titles, they'd be fucking? Yeah, 100%. Okay. And we're going to get a little baby <laughs> title. Um, <laughs> Roman's promo on Raw was fantastic. It yeah. was real. And he, he brought it back. You know, I was embarrassed. I disappointed my family when I lost you at WrestleMania. Like, he brought it back to the original base of this fucking character. I, I took your advocate and made him a wise man. Dude, that's why I'm saying the Usos lose, because this is just going to give more fuel to Roman and be like, I have to put this family on my fucking back and do it again. I feel like we've already done that, though, didn't we? Yeah. But it doesn't hurt. I think that the, these types of groups are always better when they're all dominant. It's like the Undisputed Era when they were on their run. Speaking of which, is there a chance that we get the debut of a new member of the Bloodline? Maybe they bring up uh, Sokoa. It's possible. I'd be it's down possible. for it because it's like a He's in the ladder match at Stand and Deliver for sure, but it could be. He could be. I'd like the idea of there being a new twist to, to finalize. Yeah. The I mean, he, has, he definitely has star feud. potential, and you could also then incorporate sort of the mid-card title into this group too. Yep. Which I think would elevate that mid-card title as well. So, I'd love to see it. Personally, yeah. I think that's – and I think it would surprise people because you don't think about that when you're thinking about this yeah. Roman and Brock feud. No, it's not a bad idea at all. All right, so with that all done now, we're going to click that submit button, and we will – Lock in those picks. We will read them all on next week's episode of The Rundown, where we will recap WrestleMania. I don't know how much AEW we're going to get to. We have a lot of shit to recap next week, I think, coming out of WrestleMania and Stand and Deliver. Um, it will be interesting to see how AEW sort of promotes this week, given that all this attention will be coming on to WrestleMania. But um, we'll see. They are, of course, running the Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor pay-per-view event aka let's get all the a the roh titles on to aew guys including creating an interim women's title even though there is a current women's champion who's available to wrestle um but is under contract to a promotion we already fucked over so they don't want to work with us anymore mm. uh anyway but uh yeah so check that out it should be it, it's a one match card it's gresham and bandito but other than that you know it should be interesting there's one other match I saw on the card that you posted I thought looked kind of interesting. The Briscoes and FTR? No, no. It was... Not Moriarty and Lethal. Was it Moriarty and Lethal? I, w I will watch. You I can probably mind. see that on AEW Dark. I was going to say, week. yeah. But um, no, it wasn't that one either. But, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see highlights of it. Yeah. So, a couple things before we go. If it's Cody, and it, you know, all likeliness it's going to be Cody... First of all, that means I will be on Twat Magic next week. Yay. If there, if there is a Twat Magic next week. <laughs> what a shame. Um, I mean, Eventually, you'll be on Twat Magic whenever yeah. they come back. Um, but, wow. For all the work that AEW has done in two years or three years, whatever the fuck it is, to have Cody Rhodes walk out of WrestleMania doing the Cody Rhodes entrance, that's going to be something. Mm -hmm. That's going to be like, I never thought this would happen. And if it is Cody, do you think Brandy's with him? Yeah. Are you ha okay. Right? Like, how can it not By God, be? that's Eden Styles! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other problem. Um, the If the presentation remains intact, it would be shocking. If we get more of his WWE presentation, that would be fucking so disappointing. Well, we'll see. Some combination of the two might work. Maybe. Um... Are you 
Do you think Stand and Deliver will be a good show? Yes. I do, too. I think the match of the night's going to be the ladder match. Yeah, either that or I think the title match. I mean, Dolph is so good at putting over talent that I think he's going to make Braun Breaker look like a million fucking bucks. Um, so that could be good. But I, the problem I think that one has is that it's sort of preordained. Everybody knows who's going to win going into that. Um, but, yeah, I think the tag title match could steal the show, too, though. Imperium and MSK oh, are yeah. so good, and the Creed brothers have great personas. That's true. Um, and then, finally, uh, speaking of that, Scott Steiner is going to be given a live, maybe, or maybe pre-taped microphone. As he gets accepted into the Hall of Fame, what will Scott Steiner say? Steiner math, for sure. I hope so. Has to. 133% chance. I only have a 33 and a third percent chance. <laughs> yeah. we might. I might check out the Hall of Fame. But then again, I've never had to because they always just give me clips during WrestleMania. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they doing this as a special show or is it all part of SmackDown? It is immediately falling smack down and okay. i believe it's only scheduled for like two hours tops okay yeah. well there's only four people going in so. as, as i said earlier saturday morning i'll be getting up at fucking like 5 45 a.m so i don't know how late i'm gonna stay up friday night but we'll see just don't sleep yeah just know, don't right? sleep from friday morning till sunday night yeah right yeah <laughs> sleep is overrated oh, i'll get you an eight ball there you go <laughs> All right, well, I think that is just about going to do it, unless you have anything else, Sal. It's good enough. We'll see everybody next week for a WrestleMania recap. Ladies and gentlemen, go out, enjoy all the wrestling this weekend. You've got an amazing plethora of things to check out, from Ring of Honor to AEW to SmackDown to WrestleMania to NXT. It's all out there. This is, for all the talk about the build and our frustration with it, this is Christmas. This is the Super Bowl for wrestling fans. Whatever it is that you're into, there's something there. Go out, find it, enjoy it. Be proud of being a wrestling fan. Enjoy it. This is your time. This is your weekend. And uh, we will all meet up next week, and we will discuss everything that went on with that special rundown twist that we like to bring. So, Sal, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. And for me, we will run your ass down next week. See ya. Join me next week. Listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundown wrestling slash message. 
Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.